Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, a co-production of EWTN Radio and SpiritualDirection.com, where we provide you with a spiritual haven of rest and explore the riches of the wisdom of the saints and the path to union with God. This is Dan and Stephanie Burke. Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, your radio haven of rest. Your hermitage of the heart. Your monastery of the mind, where we lift our hearts and minds to heaven to draw upon the wisdom of the saints. And today, I am excited to draw upon the wisdom of, like if I have, you know, top 10 saints, this saint is in the top 10 list. Don't and, you have to, oh, oh, St. John of the Cross. Right. What were you I, say? I thought you were you were claiming that Father Haggerty was already a saint. I didn't. I wasn't claiming <laughs> Did that. Did you see my mind? I didn't to know, that and, he, and I don't know him well enough to know, if, you know, to proclaim him a saint. But <laughs> it's not my job anyway. I don't have any pull in that department. And I think he has to die first, and miracles and stuff right, like that. Right. But he's actually on the show today. Yes. So you want to tell people who this guy is? Yes. Okay. So Father Donald Haggerty is a priest of the Archdiocese of New York. He is currently serving at St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City. He has been a professor of moral theology at St. Joseph's Seminary in New York and Mount St. Mary's Seminary in Maryland and has a long association with Mother Teresa's Missionaries of Charity, working with them and giving retreats for them. He is the author of many books on the interior life and uh, most recently the book that we're going to talk about today which is St. John of the Cross, Master of Contemplation, an amazing book. And also, we want to let you know that he is now teaching in our High Calling program, Preparing Men to Enter into Seminary. We're very excited to have him join our staff in this capacity. And so welcome, uh, Father Haggerty. So happy to have you. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. So I I was going to make that top 10 list there, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if you die soon and, you know, if they rush the, the canonization and I'm still alive, then you I'll put, I promise. Santos I'll, hold a, I'll hold a slot for you. But, I'll, do, I'll do the same for you, Dan. <laughs> thank you. Well, I, I will say uh, to our listeners that every, I don't say this for every author, not that I withhold, but everything uh, that Father Haggerty has written is worth reading. It's worth money. It's worth time. But this one in particular uh, was very, uh, I was very excited. I received the manuscript before it was published and I kept bugging Ignatius. When is it going to publish? When is it going to be published? When is it going to be published? Because I wanted to get uh, Father Haggerty on. I wanted to get it out there. I don't think there, there haven't been many books uh, that even in memory that I was so excited about seeing come to print than this book. And the book is titled St. John of the Cross master of contemplation and why am i so excited because i was under contract to write this book for a different publisher and um really uh since and the point being that one of the things that i do is i try to bring complex theological ideas and interior life teachings uh into uh context that's easily accessible accessible to everyone not 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 lowering the cookies on the shelf. It's still deep, but accessible. And I, my, I've abandoned that project because this book came to print. And I'm grateful because uh, it was a huge task and frankly uh, didn't feel I was worthy to do it or, or able to do it. So when I saw this, I thought, oh, good. I can cancel that 
contract and <laughs> and um and just promote this book in its place so father haggerty thank you for writing this um let's start with john of the cross who was he and why does he matter well, john of the cross was a carmelite priest from the uh, 1500s he was a contemporary of saint Teresa of avila and 27 years younger than her but he is that from that time of the protestant reformation he was born three years before the first session of the council of trent and he is extraordinarily important for those who want to take silent prayer the interior life and sanctity, you know, in a serious way. And I know myself of no better guide than John of the Cross. Um, you mentioned I've had much time with missionaries of charity. And I think it's common, perhaps many of your viewers would say, they might think St. John of the Cross is a bit too high level for their... Um, for their spiritual life. And I disagree. I think he's worth more than worth plunging into, but this is why I wrote the book. Also, I think probably Dan, you have the same thing in mind that we should make him accessible for those who are serious about the spiritual life. And, but he's a Carmelite priest. He's a man of great depth and interior. Um, he affected St. Therese of Lisieux in an, in an enormous way. St. Edith Stein, St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, wrote a book on him uh, when she was a Carmelite. So he's, he's a, a great figure. He's the mystical doctor of the church. Pope St. John uh, Paul wrote his doctoral dissertation on him and was much affected by Carmelite life. So I would just say he's, he's a must read, I think, for anyone serious about spiritual life. You know, the, the, the key, I think you alluded to the perception of John and some of the challenges a lot of people as they approach his works. Usually they pick up Dark Night of the Soul first because it's the most popular uh, title associated with him or idea. And that I think that's why most people, are, most people don't do well, but that's not where you should start with John. Uh, aside from reading a book like yours, if you were just going to jump into John, uh, who would you recommend? What what books of his would you recommend they read first? Well, I would read first his aphorisms, which are in the collected works and entitled uh, Sayings of Light and Love. Mm. And, you know, they're very pointed. There's about 25 pages, almost 30 pages of these aphorisms. And he is, it's kind of the, uh, they're short statements, but very much uh, inclusively covering so many of the spiritual topics that John of the Cross will will treat in more uh, extended ways in his works. So I would read those. And I think the beginning of the spiritual canticle is so rich. Mm -hmm. uh, I suggest in the book to read through the poem of the spiritual canticle. John of the Cross is a very great poet also in the Spanish language. And his poetry has richness even in translation. So I, and then I think the ascent to Mount Carmel is most for most people the place to begin because he will treat his ascetical theology in the beginning of the the first book of the ascent. Wonderful. So 
that's a great segue into a quote from the amount, uh, the uh, ascent of Mount Carmel that I wanted to read from your book that you included that I think for those who have never read St. John of the Cross or studied him, or, or maybe this is brand new, this will give you a glimpse into the beauty of, uh, and the goal of his writing, what, what he's trying to teach us, um, which is, is just endless. His, his wisdom is endless in this. So this is from Ascent to Mount Carmel, um, 2, 5, 3, and 7. Supernatural union exists when God's will and the souls are in conformity so that nothing in the one is repugnant to the other. When the soul rids itself completely of what is repugnant and unconformed to the divine will, it rests transformed in God's through love, in God, through love. A soul makes room for God by wiping away all the smudges and smears of creatures, by uniting its will perfectly to God's. For to love is to labor, to divest and deprive oneself for God of all that is not God. When this is done, the soul will be illumined by and transformed in God. Mm. I love wow. that. I love that. Beautiful passage. And isn't isn't that a good summary of the whole purpose of his work? Is that how you see uh, his whole effort to come to that reality? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, sometimes we, we would identify John of the Cross as the great teacher of contemplation, a great teacher of prayer. But he's really teaching, as Stephanie is alluding to him, that, yes, a beautiful passage, the great desire for union with God. And it is a it is a word that Teresa of Avila also liked, conformity with the will of God. And when we speak about prayer, prayer does not grow for any of us unless we are seeking, you know, sincerely, honestly, in great truth to give our will in a surrender to the will of God, that action outside of prayer is seeking to delight God, to please him. So that's a great requirement for prayer. And it's the goal of life to become one with God. If we ask, what is a saint? They are people who became one with God. That's a, that is the ultimate goal. Yeah. So in this effort to make him accessible to all, which I think your, your book does a beautiful job um, would you consider, that, I mean, there's many that would consider St. John of the Cross a spiritual writer only suitable for aspiring mystics and for those who live in the, in the enclosure of cloisters and monasteries. Is that true? Is that a, a true statement? Or is he, as you and, and Dan have spoken about and, and have I have come to learn, he, he's there for all of us? Well, he's there for those who are serious about spiritual life. I, I'm not sure I would recommend St. John of the Cross for a person who doesn't want to spend time in prayer or says, I have no time for it. But we know, I know as a priest now, there are many people, lay people, who are giving time to prayer. Every priest, you know, religious, we, we are really under obligation before God to be serious about prayer. And you, you don't have to be in a cloister or a monastery and have, in a way, the luxury or the, 
the pleasant, you know, uh, environment of silence and solitude to have serious need for silence and solitude in a portion of our life. So if you do give yourself to prayer, at least a half hour a day, but it could be much longer. But if you're doing that, then John of the Cross is an essential guide for, for prayer. So, and he's a guide for the spiritual life. The quote that we just mentioned, he has much teaching on this giving of ourself exclusively to God as the one thing needful. Everything else follows from that. Very good. Well, why don't we go to the break? And when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Father Donald Haggerty, author of St. John of the Cross, Master of Contemplation, a book that every Catholic who's serious about growing in prayer and the interior life should read. So we'll be right back. Hi, friends. We want to personally invite you to check out all of our upcoming retreats here at Avila. Head over to spiritualdirection.com forward slash events or click on the events tab on the top of spiritualdirection.com and sign up now for one of our powerful mini retreats, setting the captives free or into the deep or divine intimacy in marriage. Now with both live and online options, our mini retreats can be live streamed right into your living room or parish meeting room. Discover why these events sell out time and time again. That's spiritualdirection.com forward slash events register today there is a growing need for well-formed solid spiritual directors in the church today the avila institute in collaboration with heart of christ spiritual direction program offers a certificate in spiritual direction for those who feel called to accompany others in their journey towards god the program is grounded in ignatian and carmelite spirituality based on a catholic worldview and draws on the wisdom of the saints with an emphasis on biblical principles and the new evangelization this program offers both online and on-site classes Discover more and apply today at avala-institute.org. This is Dan Stephanie Burke. Welcome back to Divine Intimacy Radio. We're with Father Donald Haggerty in a book that everyone who's serious about prayer in the interior life, about growing spiritually, should read. And I and and this book, I don't know if any, many of you know, I have a lifetime spiritual reading program, and I can only put so many books on that. This book's going on that list, right? I need to update the list. Um, it is absolutely fantastic, exceptional, published by Ignatius Press. He's done us a great gift in, in writing this for us. Before the break, we were talking about, is you know, John of the Cross for everyone? It's interesting to note, you know, people think, well, St. Francis de Sales is kind of the doctor of the church, spiritual doctor who writes for laity. And of course, uh, his great work, Introduction to the Devout Life, was written for his cousin i think young cousin was getting married but john of the cross father Haggerty, also wrote uh, i think uh, living flame of love was written to a lay person was it not that's correct a spanish laywoman and, yeah and it's a rich work mm -hmm. it is and it's not light either but you know i don't think if you start in the right place like uh, father Haggerty said he, he recommended the aphorisms or the sayings of light and love which are just these beautiful short uh, little reflections on on the interior life or spiritual canticle or live, living flame of love those are all the best places to begin then go to the ascent of mount carmel and probably would you say uh, uh, um, the dark night of the soul would be last it's generally where i would put it uh the thing is the, the beginning of the dark night of the soul has a great section i wrote a chapter in the book on it in which uh, john of the cross addresses in nine short chapters the 
problems that people, uh, what he calls the, the spiritual capital vices. Yeah. You know, in which, as an example, instead of gluttony, too much eating, the gluttony for pleasant or uh, consoling experiences in the spiritual life or right. those who want attention to themselves, you know, too much. And so that, that first, the first nine chapters are very accessible to even a beginning person who has started to pray and take God seriously. Good, good. Well, Stephanie, you had, what was your first, you had something that happened to you with your first encounter with John. I remember in Spain, there was yeah. something that happened. Yeah, to you. that's what I was going to talk uh -huh. about. And, and this alludes back to, you know, who is St. John of the Cross for? And, and it's for anybody who wants to take progress in the interior life, progress in prayer seriously. And I had already been praying, you know, since we first met, because you actually taught me how to pray um, by God's design and by his mercy. And so I'd been praying um, daily mental prayer for about 10 years at that point. So about five years ago, we went on our first trip to Spain Carmelite Spain, and we were going to follow the steps of Teresa and St. John. And my focus was on St. Teresa because I knew a little bit about her. I'd read a little bit of her works. And and I just thought, I, you know, I, I don't know, my attention was kind of going that way. But every time we went to a, to a site where St. John of the Cross, like where he'd had his first mass, or I remember the first time I saw the confessional, um, where was that? That was in La Encarnacion. La right outside, Encarnacion. Outside of, I said it right, <laughs> outside of Avila, Spain, right? Yes. So it's where she first was in the convent. Right. Yeah. And and Received when I saw his, his confessional, because it was like this little hole in the wall they'd created for him. And I loved her affectionate for, um, name that she had for him which was her little, her half fryer. Yeah, I think she, she was called a little, him her a little sarcasm in that. Um, but anyway, I was just so drawn to it. But when I saw it, I actually emoted. Like I just went to tears. Mm -hmm. I had this overwhelming sense of his presence, of his care of the soul, of, of what he had meant to them and the instrument he was in that community. And so everywhere we went, like I, I would go to tears and Dan's looking at me and going, what is going on with you? And I said, I don't know, but I think I have to read St. John of the Cross. Mm. I think I'm being called because often the saints call us. We don't pick them. They pick yeah. us. And uh, so I came back and, and you guided me and I started to read his works and um, ended up giving a retreat actually to a group of religious um, in Spanish, using his works in Spanish. The precautions. The precautions to she, a religious community, gave, which yeah. was so, like I knew when I was there, I said, this is, you know, so much more for me than I think for all of you. And it ended up being a beautiful grace on all sides. But um, anyway, he's just so, so incredible. And so honestly, if you're if you have any kind of serious desire to reach union with God and 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 you place an importance on prayer in the interior life. Um, this is the St. John of the Cross is for you. So, uh, th which leads me into the next question. So, St. John of the Cross perceives a great importance in the ca Catholic doctrine of the indwelling presence of the Holy Trinity in the soul, which I think is sometimes so difficult for us to even imagine or, or wrap our heads around. How does this truth affect the soul's relationships with God in contemplative prayer? Um, what what are we to make of this? How can St. John of the Cross help us to understand? 
Well, the doctrine, uh, Stephanie, um, as you know, is essential to Catholic understanding. Jesus will speak of this at the Last Supper in chapter 14 of John. And the gift of the Holy Spirit given to us is also the gift of the Father and Son, you know, dwelling within us. What is uh, crucial for John of the Cross and for prayer is his stress on the hiddenness of God, his concealment, even as he dwells in the depth of our soul. So I think most Catholics, myself included, I, most, of my, most of my silent prayer, I spend in front of a tabernacle. So I know the real presence of our Lord there, and there is a, an, a, a certain engagement with our Lord in prayer. But the reality of God concealed, hidden, to be sought, you know, as one who hides in the depth of our inner spirit, that's crucial for prayer, that the intellect, the will, the memory, that our whole being actually is in some way in mystery, you know, permeated by the presence of God and that he's never far away. And that silent prayer opens us up then to the depth of God's being within us. It's beautiful, beautiful. I, you know, I, I'm tempted to keep talking on that subject, but something struck me. You're a diocesan priest. We have a lot of priests who listen to the show. I've had many priests say that they listen to it as they prepare for Mass on Sunday. How is it that you have time for mental prayer? How is it, why is it so important for you that you spend time in, in not a small diocese with not, no small responsibilities on your plate? How do you, how do you make time and you know, give advice to the priests who are listening? I think it's, it's pretty important. Well, I think the answer is quite simple there. You have to get up early in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time you bring that up, uh, some priests that I was with in Rome and when I was studying, I knew Mother Teresa because of the missionaries of charity in, the, in over 13 years. And we invited her to come and give us a little talk. So there were about 10 of us in the chapel of the missionaries of charity in one of their convents in Rome. And Mother Teresa had a sense of humor, but also serious. You know, she was a saint. And she said to us, I think one of the most serious problems of the priesthood is that the priests stay up too late watching television <laughs> and they don't get up in the morning to mm -hmm. pray. Mm. Wow. You must pray in the morning. Have mm. some prayer. You know, nobody's ringing the doorbell at five in the morning. So. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you can get the time in. The thing is, you have to also maybe go to bed, you know, at a normal hour. But, uh, you know, prayer is available in the morning, I think, to any priest who wants that. And so I, I've always had that pattern in my life. And and then, you know, you add to it if you can in, in a latter part of the day. So did your did your commitment begin when you were in seminary or when did you when did you start practicing mental prayer? I started, uh, I would say, before that, because I had been living as a volunteer with Missionaries of Charity for a year um, in their men's shelter in the Bronx. And that was a nice, good environment. Also, another volunteer was serious about prayer. And I went into the Missionary Charity Fathers for a year and a half. So I, by the time I was in the seminary, I was accustomed to that need for prayer. And I think, you know, it's good for, the, for your listeners to hear that that you know sometimes jump into the water just commit 
and get into the church every day or some, some manner serious commitment in prayer and it's like a person who starts jogging or you know exercising you know two weeks one month later something is different with them yeah yeah it's just so very important and i've i've given that advice to my directees as well you know when when because the the argument just as it is with perhaps with too many priests is i'm too busy or I try and I just can't seem to fit it in. And the revelation came to me with the paradigm shift of instead of trying to fit prayer into my life, I was going to look at my, my agenda for the week, for the month, and say, what am I committing to the Lord first? What am I going to give him in prayer? And that would go in ink in my, in my agenda. Everything else went in pencil. And then I went to that and my life shifted so dramatically because instead of trying to fit prayer into my life, my life became an outpouring of that prayer and it changed everything. Everything in my being was transformed with that prayer. I'm no longer the person I was 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. I'm a totally different creature and I have such joy and peace in that. And, and I tell others, this is possible for you. It's actually God's desire for you, that you be fully alive in him. But it might, must start on your knees, you know, and, and your life becomes an outpouring of that grace. Well, that says it very well, Stephanie. And, you know, that, that's, that really separates people. You know, there, there are many good people, many good priests, you know, very active and they're generous but to be committed in prayer, to give silent time, you know, before our Lord, especially if we have the luxury of going to him in a tabernacle or adoration in the monstrance. I mean, there's nothing like that. And I think once you get seized by that, you know, there's also struggle, but the reality of that, you get caught in a beautiful way. And then God uh, has his way of being very personal then in our lives much more. Yeah. So we'll call that ensnared in the love of God. Mm -hmm. So with that, we need to end, but we want to invite you to jump over to spiritual, to the spiritualdirection.com Facebook page, where we're going to continue with a second interview with Father Haggerty on St. John of the Cross. Also, I want to tell folks, you can get the book at EWTN's religious catalog, which is important. When you order from them, two really interesting things happen. One, they actually send you the book. And the second thing is that you're helping the mission of EWTN. So please, uh, uh, any, of the, any of the goods you're looking for, it's the best place to be. Okay, so until next time, may the God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you whole and entire, spirit, soul, and body, irreproachable at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Learn more about the interior life. Visit spiritualdirection.com. Divine Intimacy Radio is a co-production of EWTN Radio and spiritualdirection.com and heard worldwide on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.